Welcome to Words, Wobbles and Wisdom, an honest and fun body positive podcast by me, Anne-Marie Miles. Are you struggling with your weight? Do you wish that you didn't think about food so often? Are there days when you'd wrestle a toasted sandwich off an alligator? Well then, this might just be the podcast for you. I share my story, a lifelong battle with weight, food and mental health struggles. I share it alongside some of my writing on the subject and some of the wisdom I've gleaned from my life as a Christian. So join me for this week's episode of Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. Hey there, welcome to today's episode of Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. Now you might wonder why I'm whispering. Well, it's because it's half five in the morning. I'm in America with jet lag. So, because I'm in America, today's episode is going to be a little compilation of previous episodes. And next week, I'm going to tell you why I'm in America and who I'm visiting. But for now, enjoy this little best of from the last 30 weeks. Well, hello there. My name is Anne-Marie Miles and I am delighted to welcome you to the first episode of my new podcast, Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. Hello and welcome to episode two of Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. Hello, hello. Welcome to Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. Hello there and welcome to Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. It's Anne-Marie Miles here with you. Well, hello there. I'm Anne-Marie Miles and it is great to have you here. I'm hoping that words, wobbles and wisdom will help others. I do know that I have been a comfort eater for a long time. I remember as a young child, I, I was a secret eater. I was a, uh, an overeater, even at a very young age. I also know that I've been suffering and struggling with mental health issues for many, many years. I remember telling my mother when I was, I don't know, eight, maybe 10. Um, and this was like 1980s Dublin, early 1980s Dublin. I told my mother I thought I was depressed. My purpose in this will be to encourage, even though I'll probably never be a size zero. I'd be lucky if I ever get to be a size 10. I'd be happy if I ever got to be a size 16. <laughs> but no matter what, it is still worth caring for myself. It is still worth looking after my body. It is still worth looking after my mental health. And I do that by laughing, by laughing at myself and by seeing the the bright side of as much of I can see and um, by looking at the funny side of life. And what I want to do is lift spirits. So if you are looking for a deep scientific examination of obesity, of overeating, of depression. This is not the podcast for you. It really isn't. And I want to bring encouragement. I want to bring laughter to situations that are hard because I think we need laughter. We need lifting up. Before I tell you this story, I'm not dissing slimming clubs okay so we'll say that this group is called Wake Your Slim and uh, my memory of it is is this the first thing that struck me as I walked into the hall 
was that everyone was taking off their coats and kicking off their shoes. I mean, it was the middle of winter. I mean, I I remember because the meeting was half five, six o'clock and it was dark. You know, it was nighttime dark. So it was definitely like into the winter. But when these people took off their coats, they were in like really thin leggings (laughs) and T-shirts. And I was going, freezing. Do you know what I mean? It was this, this cold school hall. So anyway, we all joined the queue and I worked my way nearer to the scale and I was watching uh, these women uh, getting up on the scale and they'd scrunch their eyes closed. And uh, and I thought, you know, is this my first prayer meeting? Uh, I, I wasn't sure what was going on. Um, and the leader, so we'll call her Jackie, uh, she would look down at the scale, then scribble a number on the card um, and the secret message that was being scribbled on this card had the ability to make a woman leap for joy off the scales or in poor Sandra, we'll call her. All the names have been changed to protect the hypoglycemic. Sandra, we'll call her, slumped her shoulders, stared at the floor and said that she regretted ever going to her cousin's wedding. So I <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. So I'm still in my coat and my shoes and I got to the top of the queue and and Jackie thought it would be better if I took my coat and my shoes off before standing on the scale. And I was going to say that, well, my mother doesn't allow me to walk around in my stocking feet this time of year, but I didn't want to seem rude. So I took my shoes off and I took my coat off and shivering, I stood on the scale. The woman behind me must have thought that I was shivering with fear because she patted my shoulder and told me not to worry. Um, So anyway, Jackie did what she had done before. She looked down and then looked at me and kind of shook her head a bit and tutted and wrote down something on the card. So I looked down where she had looked and my toe was sticking out through the hole of my sock. So I thought, you know, no wonder she was touching the state of my socks. Anyway, she handed me my card. I put my coat back on, put my shoes back on and went to find uh, a seat. And I was expecting the card to say something like you could really do with some new socks or you could really do with eating less crisps or whatever. But all that was on the card was a number. And the number, if I remember correctly, said 12-4. Now, can I tell you, I would jump up and down with delight if I was 12-4 today. Our subject today is going to be self-care. And uh, I suppose, first of all, I want to share with you a bit about what I thought self-care was. Um, and then kind of what I realized it actually is. Um, so, I mean, I, I was never really one for moving. Didn't really like to do anything. I didn't really want to do anything. That's normal kid stuff, isn't it? I mean, kids have to be kind of encouraged to clean their rooms and do stuff. But this behavior that kids tend to grow out of, I didn't. I didn't grow out of that dislike of activity. And I thought I was caring for myself. I thought I was looking after myself. I was uh, protecting myself. My office chair was on wheels. And sometimes I just rolled, <laughs> I rolled around. The, 
I rolled around the office on the office chair, you know, just kind of wheeled myself around the office rather than getting up and walking across the office. <laughs> um, because I, you know, a lot of the times I was on my own. And, you know, so it's quite hard to roll a chair across the room with somebody my size on that chair. It would have been much easier to get off the chair and push the empty chair across the room. We have to clean our freezer out. We have to empty out the cat's poop tray if we have a cat. We have to weed the garden, get the car service to clear the gutters. The list goes on. And, and we don't like doing any of those things, do we? In fact, I hate doing most of those things that I just mentioned. And believe me, changing fish tank water is no joy either. But these things have to be done. And we know what will happen if we don't do them. You know, no responsible driver would just knock at the car serviced. Most people won't leave the cat's poop tray or the fish tank water. And we all know what will happen if we don't pay our taxes. So we do these things. At least for most of us, they are things we don't enjoy. I never saw this connection with my own body, the importance of moving and looking after what I'm being given and the importance of doing it, even if you don't necessarily enjoy doing it, it kind of has to be done. And I thought self-care was protecting myself from activities that I didn't enjoy. I thought self-care was allowing myself to have what I wanted when I wanted it, food wise and, uh, you know, and time wise and whatever. I mean, actually, a, a friend of mine posted on Instagram not so long ago. It was a photograph of a cake, a big latte glass. And he said, you know, sometimes self-care looks like hot chocolate and banana bread. And I absolutely agree. Sometimes it does. And I was thinking, yeah, fair play to you. You go and enjoy that. My problem was that all of the time self-care looked like hot chocolate banana bread. Not sometimes. All of the time self-care looked like not making myself move, getting myself comfortable, getting everything around me so that once I sat down, I didn't have to stand up again for the rest of the night. If you've been listening for the past few weeks, we have been spending most of our time talking about weight and food and stuff like that. Today, I wanted to concentrate on the other wobbles and they would be more my emotional wobbles and the emotional wobbles that we can sometimes have, especially if we're struggling with long term weight issues. I have a little mantra that I've been trying to remind myself to put into place. <laughs> and my mantra is, don't listen to yourself, talk to yourself. So I'm going to say that again. Don't listen to yourself, talk to yourself. And I think it's the difference between the kind of passive, allowing those kind of negative thoughts and the thoughts that can bring you down allowing them to just kind of roll and rumble around the brain and not really being conscious of the thoughts, you know, that are affecting our decisions, because I really believe that it's our thinking that is at the root of the issue of food and eating. So there's this difference between allowing those kind of rambling thoughts that are almost like a, a tape running in the background, a tape, I'm showing my age now, almost like an MP3 track. <laughs> running in the background and we listen to it. We allow it to affect us rather than speaking to ourselves, rather than, you know, positively speaking truths to ourselves and encouragement to ourselves. Our subject is going to be not going back. 
never going back to that place that you absolutely did not want to be. The story that comes to mind when I think about not wanting to go back to horrible places is the story of when we stayed in a seaside house in the southeast of Ireland some years ago. I think it was called Sea View or something like that. And in fairness, when we pulled up outside it, there was a beautiful view of the sea. We probably should have just stayed in the car. Some other family had arrived ahead of us and some of my young nieces and nephews were there and I could hear my sister calling to them, make sure you put your shoes on before you come back inside. And I was thinking, no, did she mean take your shoes off before you come back inside? No. The kids had to make sure they had shoes on coming into the place because it was filthy. I mean, you could not walk around it in your bare feet. When we looked at the carpet, we weren't sure whether we should hoover it or feed it. It was just awful. And we christened the place Minging Mansions. There was a lovely uh, lean-to conservatory at the back of the house. We would have spent more time there if one, there had not been five fridge freezers lining the back wall don't ask because we didn't know. And two, if the window of the bathroom didn't open out onto this conservatory. So we didn't spend a lot of time in there. In the kitchen, there were more fridge freezers. All the doors were jammed open with thick wads of newspaper and they all needed a good clean. Now, the kitchen was very well stocked with every pot and pan you could think of. And on the on a rack near the cooker was a load of kind of utensils and all sorts of stuff. My sister had banned the children from even looking at this stuff. It was all filthy and rusty. I mean, we reckon the cheese grater had been used to scrape paint off a tractor. It was just minging. Minging was the only word that we could think of to call it. Now, okay, so I know what you're thinking. You know, that's all very fine. But, you know, when are we going to get on with the story? But my visit to Minging Mansions, my memory of that does actually have something in common with my life as a morbidly obese person. I have no idea why we stayed there when it was just so awful to be there. Now, I look back on it and I have such funny memories of that time. And, you know, the kids, you can imagine, the kids didn't even notice. We were right beside the sea. They didn't care. As long as they had shoes on their feet, they could run around. We had games and I think we watched a a video or a DVD or something in the evening. Took the kids to the beach, went for chips, you know. So we actually have some really funny memories. And when we think about it, it was, I mean, the whole thing was just hilarious. It was one of those things where if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. But would I go back there? I mean, if somebody was to come to me and say, Amory, here's two weeks free in Mingan Mansions or Sea View or whatever it was called. You've got two free weeks down there. Would I go back there? Not on your life. There is no way I would go back there. Why would I go back there? It's absolutely awful. And even though some of my memories of it are funny, I would never go back there. Why would you go back to a place that was just so awful to be in? We're going to talk about one of those subjects. Well, gosh, you know, I mean, I think it's a bit like Marmite. You either love it or you hate it. We are going to talk about exercise. Now, I don't mean up two, three, four, down two, three, four, now the other eyelid. I mean the real deal, getting out there and getting moving. 
I decided that I would join a gym. There was a special offer for six months and I thought, right, I'll go. I'll join the gym for six months. I knew I wasn't going to stay. I was never going to be a gym bunny, you know, long term. But I felt if I went, took the six month deal, that it would that it would help. So I went into the local leisure centre and a lovely girl at the reception desk. Really, really nice because I was mortified because I'm huge and she's gorgeous and slim and her little neat little top and neat little cycling shorts but she, you know she was lovely and I said I'm thinking about going for that special offer of the six month membership and she said yes yes of course she said now if you have time now we can do the tour now of the gym if you want she said it's quiet and I'm thinking brilliant you know she can show me around there's not many people there and I can get out really quickly and I said oh yeah okay that's great I'll do the tour she said okay yeah just give me a minute she picks up the walkie-talkie Kyle Kyle hiya it's Mandy at reception can you come in and take some on a tour and I'm like Kyle did you say Kylie and she said no no Kyle Kyle is going to show you around I'm going Kyle is going to show me around you're not going to show me around Kyle is showing me around yeah 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 here and next of all this vision arrives at the reception desk and I'm like okay then hello you're not by any chance Kyle are you and he was like yep I'm Kyle I'm mortified Kyle takes me into the main gym, talks me through all the machines and I want to die. And then I'm scarlet because Kyle is gorgeous, you know, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness. And then we go over to the weights and there's a couple of guys at the weights and Kyle's like, yeah, this lady might be joining. And they're like, you know, how are you? And I'm like, hi. So he said that these are all the different weights and, the, and you know, there's a, there was a set of kettlebells and a set of dumbbells and, and mats and steppers and all sorts of stuff. So I said, that's great. Thanks very much. Bye. And he said, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to show you the uh, the sauna and the steam room. So I'm like, OK. So Kyle takes me up to the sauna and there was thankfully nobody in it. And uh, I was already sweating. <laughs> but when he took me in, into the steam room, to show me the steam room I the, the sweat was dripping down my face like it was rolling off me and he's like you okay I said yeah fine well we won't stay in here I just wanted to show show you the steam room and the sauna our subject for today being full I constantly have this desire to be full I know that our bodies, sorry, I know that our minds, should I say, are 20 minutes behind our bodies. So it takes us a while to realise that we're full. And it frustrates me that I still have that desire to be full all the time. I carry with me so much, so much in my life that has just carved lumps out of my very soul. And I know that God wants to fill them. Um, but I, of course, I patch them. I patch them with other things and I have patched them with different things over the years. And, uh, you know, I think, oh, how can God fill me when I've been just trying to fill myself all these years? Wallpapering over the cracks rather than filling them and and fixing them. I mean, being totally honest, because it's only me and you, isn't it? I've often eaten until I feel physically sick and actually liked that feeling of being too full. Uh, There's no room for anything else inside. There's no gaps. There's no holes. There's no spaces for anyone to get in and hurt me or disappoint me or whatever you know 
for me, feeling full, it equates to feeling safe. Somewhere along the line, my physical hunger and my emotional hunger got confused. It's like the wires got crossed. Hope you enjoyed that little wrap up. Next week, as promised, I'm going to tell the story of why I'm in America, who I'm visiting. And hopefully I'll be doing this at a more reasonable hour. But for now, I need some coffee. What is that about? Oh yeah, what is that about? We'll do a few best ofs of that next week as well. Bye.